Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. Last night, the country was bracing. Instead, now it's pacing for what is next. Derek Chauvin found guilty. All counts. The sports world reacting to the biggest story in the world on this Wednesday morning. We'll have the reaction, some controversial, one coming from the NFL, and an extremely strongly worded statement from a league that in some ways has been accused of not being as supportive of racial justice as many of their colleagues in the world of professional sports. All of that coming up in just a moment. So much to dig into. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Jay will be back next week. It's a pleasure to have Alyssa Lang from the SEC Network. She joins us for the hour. She joins us from Charlotte, and we will get into some football discussion, the Panthers, and all of the sports talk here in just a little bit. But, Key, I want to start, and Alyssa, of course, we'll get to you here in just a moment as well, um, on the story of the day, the story of the hour, and we'll wait to see hour by hour what happens next because I should mention, even though the verdict went the way many people were hoping it would, many larger reforms that people have been asking for have stalled. That's a story that's going to pick up a lot of steam today, but the story of the moment is what happened in that Minneapolis courtroom, 12 men and women finding Chauvin guilty on all three counts. Well, you got to start somewhere, right, Zubin? And, and I think they got it right. Um, the accountability part was, is huge. Uh, so now as we continue to move things forward, people are put on notice that th- they can't run around the streets of the world reckless, not just here in the United States, but across the world. You can't run around reckless and taking lives or injuring people because you have a badge and you think that you can get away with it because the norm for the most part has been, oh, well, you know, I could get away with it. I have a defense. I have my badge. We're going to we're going to mount a certain defense that's going to uh, say something different than what people eyes have shown them. And so, you know, looking at the video and, and the evidence over this time and following the, the trial from start to finish, they got it right. I mean, and, and you know, you, you, you sit back and you don't necessarily celebrate it because it's not over and done with. I mean, you still got a lot more work to be done. And so you just say, okay, this is the start of something that I think could help change people's mindsets about everything. Um, you know, it doesn't bring George Floyd back. It does not allow him and his friends and family to hug him, kiss him, to celebrate with him for many things and accomplishments in his life. It just simply uh, helps us on the outside understand that there's a lot more work to be done. This is just starting the beginning. Indeed. It could have been, Keyes mentioning it, it could have been the start. In just a moment, I'm going to play you some powerful audio about why it could have been the end in some ways for the state of Minnesota as they braced for that verdict yesterday. But Alyssa, we'll get your thoughts and then we'll weigh in on some sports organizations and what it really feels like to be there in Minnesota as you join us this morning from Charlotte. Yeah, guys, I mean, it's hard, I'm sure, as you both have been talking about all morning to put all your thoughts into a quick thought here on radio. I mean, I spent yesterday just kind of reflecting on what the last year has been like watching, especially on social media, my friends who identify with this tragedy so much more than I ever can 
be in so much pain because they were unsure that the right thing was going to be done yesterday. Um, as Key said, the right thing was done yesterday with the verdict. And that, I think, is a sigh of relief. But there's still so, so much work to be done and so much further yet to go. It's such a sad situation all around. And I can say for myself, it's completely changed the way I go about every day as far as an awareness perspective. Somebody who will never understand what it is like to be in that situation. But the last year has been so eye-opening, I think, for so, so many people And if yesterday gave anybody a little bit of hope, then it's a great, great ending to a really tragic story. Yeah, that's a great instructive point you bring Alyssa to the table. I wanted to just double down on something that she said, which was the fact that even though, as Minnesota Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison said, believe your eyes when you watch that video that was recorded by 17-year-old Darnella Frazier and you watch it for, as we all know, 9 minutes and 29 seconds, it seems open and shut. It seems as though guilty, guilty, guilty would be the only obvious verdict, but in fact, Guilty, guilty, guilty was not the expected verdict and certainly wasn't the odds on percentage wise chance to be the verdict, which might say everything in and of itself on where we are. Key, obviously, we've gone through a lot here in the last year and Alyssa has the poll marker there of a year because it was a year next month, Memorial Mm -hmm. Day, Mm -hmm. when this horrible incident happened. So much has happened in the world of sports and athletes that forever and a day just felt as though um, they couldn't hold it back anymore you know it's it's funny we often say all we ever want from our athletes is honesty and authenticity Mm -hmm. then they give it and we wonder why they're being so authentic and honest but this was one of those moments where I just sort of feel like it just happened it happened organically and it's probably going to continue to happen once again we'll get into what certain teams have said here in just a moment but how would you reflect here on the last year considering we're coming upon the one-year anniversary of the moment itself. Well, it's been a lot, obviously, clearly, not just dealing with all these different tragedies, but you're dealing with the pandemic, and you, you whether it's Breonna Taylor or, or Floyd or anything that has gone on, it's just, you know, you watch sports come to a halt, you watch the pandemic take lives, mm-hmm. And and so you sit back and you just say to yourself, when is all this going to end? Like, when is it going to finally end? And, you know, you, you watch the bubble. You watch the, that the, the teams decided to take a step back for a day, um, then go back. You've, you've watched certain owners of sports groups put their foot in their mouths. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just been one of those deals. It's been month after month after month after month. And now we're here where we got this verdict yesterday. But like I said before, we still got a lot of work to do moving forward. And as time goes on, I'm sure policies will change. We've watched plenty of unrest here over the last year. We watched an election that turned into something just wild. I mean, it's just been one of those last 12 months has been just crazy. You're right. I mean, what has happened in the last 12 months could subsist for a decade. Yes. Racial injustice, an election unlike any other, 
and a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic all happening, all coalescing in, in a span of 12 months. I mean, that's not something you might see in a century's worth of time. Ma- makes you feel like the world's going to explode, right? I mean, it's just like one thing after another. You know, it's been a lot of pent-up anger, anxiety, combustion, as you mentioned, explode. You did also mention some owners saying things that they regret, or in this particular case, saying things that they don't regret. And this is from the Raiders owner, Mark Davis. Everybody put out a statement on this yesterday, as you might expect. And the Raiders tweeted out three simple words in capital letters on their Twitter feed, quote, I can breathe with the date for 2021, the date that the verdict in the Chauvin trial came down. Now, for an explanation on this, I'm sure we all know I can't breathe what happened with those young black men that lost their lives. But they retort with I can breathe and the date of the verdict with Mark Davis telling our Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders, that he meant, quote, no disrespect to George Floyd's family with the tweet. And he, in fact, took the lead from Floyd's brother. I have the quote from Floyd's brother yesterday, quote, today we are able to breathe again because justice for George means freedom for all. Despite the backlash, Davis is not planning to delete the tweet. On the other side, the Pittsburgh Penguins of the National Hockey League, a team and an organization and a league, frankly, from a more macro sense, that has been accused of being maybe a little bit behind the times and not as sensitive to the cases of racial justice as the other professional sports leagues. You barely saw any kneeling. There haven't been as many diversity efforts in hockey, even though hockey's tagline is hockey is for everyone. everyone. They've been a little bit slow to the party. Listen to this, though, from the Penguins. They put out this statement with this level of ferocity. Quote, You don't need a jury trial to watch the video and know that George Floyd was murdered. We are engaging with our employees who have experienced racial injustice, and we are redoubling our efforts in the community to fight racism and promote positive social change. We hope today's verdict provides some semblance of healing to the Floyd family. Last thing in this particular segment is going to be the words of our Myron Medcalf. He lives in Minnesota, and I want you to take a listen to this. If the verdict had not gone the way that it did, Myron says that his home state may have been unrecognizable moving forward. I'm driving here downtown, right? And I'm on the highway and I'm next to a state trooper and I'm, we're both stuck in traffic, right? We're both trying to get ready. And he's to my left. I'm on on the right. We kind of glance at one another and I could see the tension in his face. And I'm sure you could see it in mine because this is 10 minutes before the verdict. And we're all going downtown trying to figure out what are we going to see? You know, like what's going to happen? And if it's not guilty, are we ready for that? Like to me, honestly, uh, that jury, I think, saved the city. If it were not guilty, and I'm being honest here, I don't think Minnesota would have ever recovered from whatever came next. Like I think that would be the end of any hope to, to you know, create this brighter future that we've all been talking about. I think the not guilty verdict would have broken this city permanently, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Broken this city Permanently. Listen to the gravity of those words. Much more on the fallout from the verdict throughout the sports world coming up a little bit later this morning. We'll discuss it at the top of every hour if you can spare a few minutes in your busy day, and we will discuss it in detail with the gravity and the level of discourse it deserves. On the way, back to the trivial world of sports. We'll talk the NFL draft. It's eight days away. Your calls are next. Line them up, 888-SAY-ESPN. Surprise teams from Key and Alyssa for 2021 on the way. All on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Riley in South Carolina, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, day one, listen to man. I'm a big fan. Hey, Jay, I appreciate your football acumen. Hey, Zubin, you the man. Key, I appreciate you and you down here in Carolina too, baby. I appreciate that. More from Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. intriguing because the question is even with the acquisition of Sam Darnold what are the Panthers going to do with the eighth overall pick like what if Mac Jones happens to slip to eight and we know Matt Rule enjoys and has enjoyed watching and scouting Mac Jones it's just one interesting question in Charlotte which is where we're joined by Alyssa Lang of the ESPN SEC Network you see her every Saturday in the fall all around the school year at the biggest college events down in the strength everywhere conference and she joins us this morning for the hour it's great to have you here we're going to get to your calls here in a second with the draft eight days away we're asking this morning and you can hit us up 888-ESPN 888-729-3776 surprise teams this year surprise teams that's in the eye of the beholder our Mike Tannenbaum was here in the first hour and said the Pats, although he wasn't quite sure if it was a surprise. So it just basically depends on your definition of the word. Key, your surprise teams in each conference this fall. I would say the Indianapolis Colts is one. And then my other surprise team would be oh gosh. Sam Darnold and company. Uh, His the new Carolina squad. Panthers. <laughs> yes. Let me tease it. Sorry. The sorry. Carolina <laughs> Panthers. Uh, Alyssa, what about you? Yeah, I'm with you when it comes to the Panthers. They're my NFC surprise team as well, and I know you guys have talked about this one a little bit. I have warmed up to the Sam Darnold trade. I was telling you guys yesterday in our pre-show meeting that when it first happened – 
as the daughter of a Jets fan and in a huge family of Jets fans, but living in Charlotte, I would scratch my head like, what are we doing? But now I'm very much of the belief that if Sam Darnold can be the Sam Darnold that we thought he was when the Jets first drafted him at number three overall, that the Panthers are going to look like geniuses, certainly if they're able to get some more talent in the upcoming draft. On the other side in the AFC, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I was really encouraged by their movement in the draft this year to solidify that Tua Tungavailoa is the guy. They obviously already were aggressive in free agency with bringing in a tight end, trying to give Tua some more weapons. If they can bolster that offensive line in a always heavy O-line draft coming up here in about a week, I think Miami's a team that could surprise some people this season. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So we'll keep an eye on that. Miami, a part of the KJZ mock draft today with Amber Wilson, our friend in Miami, choosing... Kyle Pitts sending him from Gainesville to South Beach. So hang tight for that. We'll continue to do our mock draft each and every morning. We're presented by Indeed. Indeed has this hiring tool called Instant Match, and it lives up to its name. Just post a sponsored job post. Indeed instantly searches millions of resumes in their database, immediately delivering the candidates that fit your description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I promised we'd get to the call, so Alyssa and Key are down for their surprise teams of 2021. They agree when it comes to Carolina. Roger in Ohio. You're on ESPN Radio this morning. Good morning. Lou, huge Steelers fan. Huge Keyshawn Johnson fan. Appreciate Key, you. Yo. Please tell me, are the Steelers becoming the Pirates? No. How could they be? They won, what, 12, 11, 12 games last year? They, they're they rolling. I mean, they, they just hit a bump. They had some injuries. Their running game wasn't great. But they're in it every single year with Mike Tomlin. They're right in the middle of things. I think – you know, everybody looked at the New England Patriots and just feel like that their team should be in a championship like every single year. It doesn't work like that, man. It's hard as hell to win a game in the National Football League. Steelers picked 24th in this draft, and we should mention the Pirates were supposed to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in baseball. Yes, they're a last-place team, but they are surprising many with a 7-9 record out of the gate. Okay, that's it for the baseball talk. Nobody wants to talk about baseball. Chris in Idaho, <laughs> you're on ESPN Radio. First time I think we've gone to Idaho. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Idaho. <laughs> so uh, I was calling uh, because I'm a big Cowboys fan. And, uh, you know, I know that Jerry makes the moves over there. And I don't know if Steven has his ear or not. But uh, I was wondering if maybe we might re-glorify the uh, glory from the past. And hopefully maybe uh, with all the uh, quarterbacks moving up and all the skill position players moving up, maybe we make a blockbuster trade for Sewell and Slater and Maybe uh, could, maybe we could even unload a skill player like Cooper, maybe. and I don't know. I'm just like really, really hoping that we can maybe finagle a couple of uh, uh, top stalwart linemen in uh, Slater and Sewell. Do you think there's any likelihood that that could happen? No, listen, I think the only thing they need to do is sit tight at 10 and draft a corner. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough last calendar year if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. But I'm not taking anything out of the question when it comes to the Cowboys potentially being aggressive in the draft. I I agree with you, uh, Key, but if Cowboys fans are looking to see them move up or try to do something this last month or so uh, approaching the draft tells me that literally anything could happen. But the Cowboys are one of those teams for me, too, that I don't necessarily want to call them a surprise because similar to the Steelers and the Patriots, you always sort of expect the Cowboys to be in there and last season 
everything went wrong for this team, of course, culminating with the injury of Dak Prescott. So I, I fully expect them to be back this year. Uh, but I'm with you. I, th- I think we got to build the defense a little bit. And Alyssa is joining us this morning from Charlotte, North Carolina. Scott is on the phone from Greenville, South Carolina. Good morning, Scott. Hey, guys. Um, I was just curious why Travis Etienne isn't getting more love than he's been getting right now because, if I'm not mistaken, he's the leading you know, all-time rusher in the ACC, and whoever ends up picking him up is going to get a total stud, you know, late first round or whenever he ends up going. I'm just wondering why there's not more discussion about Travis Etienne right now. Well, I think, it, first of all, he plays a position that's not a, a – a sexy draft position. I mean, you get one or two backs a year drafted in the first round, and right now it's Najee Harris. Najee Harris is, is, in my opinion, the best back in the draft. He not only can catch the ball out of the backfield, he also picks up blitz protection well, running between the tackles. I mean, he waited his turn at Alabama. He didn't get an opportunity early and often in his first couple of years there. He came back after his junior year. He set the world on fire, as we saw But I think Travis Etienne, when you look at his running style, for me, I think he runs a little bit too high in the National Football League. They're going to hit you in the mouth running high as he is. His shoulder pads are not, you know, tilted forward. When he goes between the line, he's kind of like upright. So he's a good football player. I just don't think, for my money, that he's – I don't think he's at the top of the leaderboard to surpass – Najee Harris right now for my money. And Alyssa, I would mention he is the ACC's all-time leading rusher. I've spoken to some people that work for our ESPN ACC network, and they say all the attention will go to Deshaun Watson, all the attention will go to Trevor Lawrence, and deservedly so, Cleveland Farrell, Grady J. I mean, some of the great players, Taj Boyd, that they have had, but they believe just strictly from a college standpoint that this might be, and this sounds a little crazy considering what we saw to Deshaun and Trevor, both leading Clemson to national championships, that this is the best player that Clemson ever produced. That sounds a little crazy when I mentioned Lawrence and Watson put on that jersey, but, you know, you're down there in the Carolinas. I just sort of wonder if he'll be seen differently as a college player versus what Key's projecting at the pro level. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what Key is saying, certainly, and and I think there's something to be said about the running back position when it comes to discussions of the NFL draft, especially in the year 2021. It's just not a position group, to Key's point, that's going to be at the top of everybody's list. Add in this year when it's such a quarterback-heavy class, when there's so many talented pass catchers. And then you talk about Najee Harris, who's somebody who wears the title of a running back, but essentially acts like a wide receiver's a wide receiver in many uh, occasions as a great pass catcher. It's, it's an interesting conversation because it's a position that I know excites a lot of people. And Travis Etienne is a name that in Clemson and South Carolina and the Carolinas, to your point, they love him. They've seen his career develop at Clemson. He's a wonderful human being. I got to talk to him a couple of years ago at the college football playoff. He's going to be a guy who I'm sure will have a long NFL career. This just happens to be a year, lump in again, the running back not being a sexy position anymore, that we're just not giving that much attention to Travis Etienne. But I, I'm certain that whoever ends up with him is going to get a workhorse and will not regret it in the slightest. No doubt. They're still wondering how they got Travis Etienne out of Louisiana. Usually if you're from you're Louisiana and you want LSU, it's LSU. But that is certainly Dabo's game. By the way, Dabo is going to be joining us this morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. It'll be very interesting to get his thoughts on a couple of different quarterbacks. Of course, you know he has in the news in Trev 
and of course Deshaun Watson. Kirk's in Virginia. He's on ESPN Radio this morning. Hi, Kirk. Kirk Herb Street. Hey, Herbie. Uh, does anybody have any real idea what the Giants are going to do? Um, I know they need a pass rusher, and I know they need a diesel that can actually catch the ball. But they still need O-line help, and I'm wondering if any of you guys have any information on what they might do. They pick 11, Keith. At, at the 11th spot, because they do need – I don't think they need a receiver. I think that they need somebody on the defensive side of the ball, pass rush help. They went out and signed to Dory Jackson to sure up the secondary. Mm-hmm. gave him big money to come over from Tennessee in free agency. But if there's a guy like Michael Parsons out of Penn State mm-hmm. sitting there, um, that could potentially – be somebody that Dave Gettleman has his eye on. Offensive line-wise, you always need to sure up your offensive line. Much like I said before, if your quarterback is sitting on his back like Joe Burrow is <laughs> and the Bengals decide to take a receiver right. and the Giants have Danny Dimes sitting on his back right. and can't get the football to the weapons that the Kenny Galladay's, the, the, the uh, Saquon Barkley's of the world, the Ingram's, it's not going to help your offense. So if you have an opportunity to maybe address the offensive line or the defensive front, then that's what you do. Alyssa, this seems like make or break year for the Giants, doesn't it, in so many ways from the GM to the quarterback? Yeah, it feels like we've been rebuilding the Giants for years now at this point. But I'm with Key. I think when you look at the trenches of this Giants team, that that's where my attention goes to, whether it is an offensive lineman to help your best talent on offense in Saquon or Daniel Jones take off and run, give him some protection, or on the defensive side. I mean, there's so many different areas of this Giants team that could use a little help right now. Some new weapons coming in, some protection, whatever it is. Uh, This is one of those slower rebuilds, but I think this could be a make-or-break year for Gettleman for sure. It'll be interesting to see where they go. That it will, and keep in mind, remember last year on the interior front, they actually took Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Did not have the rookie year many people thought, but again, it's his first year, but to Alyssa and Key's point, need some protection for Danny Dimes. They tried it, didn't work out the way that they wanted, but we'll see what happens moving forward. Let's try to get to Brian in Chicago. You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, Brian. Uh, Good morning, guys. Good to see you, Keyshawn. Good to make a great coach in the NFL. But I want you guys to think about this. Um, How about the Patriots waiting on Tom, uh, waiting on Aaron Rodgers to come to New England? (laughs) And then with the 15th pick in the first round, the Patriots go after Najee Harris. Uh, Great running back. He's from Kentucky, chose to go to Alabama. Great choice. Hope you guys have a great day. Well, two things there. Mm hmm. One, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to New England. And two, <laughs> Najee Harris is from California, Antioch, California, which is near Sacramento. Mac Jones is from Kentucky and had a Kentucky offer and yeah. went to Alabama. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Maybe that, maybe Kentucky that, offer. Maybe that's what he was thinking. But uh, I, I think Najee Harris, Najee Harris is going to be hot on a lot of people's boards, depending on where things fall in the draft. There's no question about it. Um, the New England Patriots certainly – with what they're trying to do, I think, from a style of offense, run the ball a little bit more, play solid and sound defense, and allow, allow Cam Newton to kind of do some things in the passing game and not put all of it on him. And if they can get a running back like a Najee Harris at 15, then that may be something they do. We'll wait to see. We'll wait to see. But uh, 
If Rodgers goes to the Patriots, we're going to have to. I didn't even want to elaborate on that. We're going to have to change that. the rundown a Zubin, little bit. Zubin, I didn't even want to elaborate on that because that's unrealistic. <laughs> this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. On the way, he's a Steelers Super Bowl champion, here to tell you what the Steelers will do to try to get Ben one more Super Bowl title on the way out the door. The 24th pick with Ryan Clark. Hang tight, Steelers fans, right after this Sports Center update. And we're going to start this morning where every news broadcast, politics, sports broadcast, any discussion you're probably having in America will begin, and that's Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer found guilty of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter by a jury on Tuesday. He will be sentenced in several weeks. The jury coming back with a guilty verdict on all three counts. Back to the world of sports and back to more injury drama for the Nets. James Harden suffering a setback in his hamstring rehabilitation. He's now out indefinitely. He's missed nine of their last ten games. Remember, Durant missed 23 straight with a hamstring injury. Came back in that game against Miami over the weekend, and he got hurt again. Kyrie's missed some time due to injury, and he's also had a couple of personal leaves. All said, the new big three, dynamic when they're together. They're just not together very much. They played less than ten games together as a triumvirate and a huge story internationally. A half dozen English Premier League teams announcing they're pulling out of what had been proposed as a European Super League with $6 billion worth of funding that would have crushed FIFA and the UEFA Champions League. Instead, the biggest of the big, Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, all part of the English Premier League saying they will not be joining this new rogue breakout league. A sigh of relief. For FIFA, soccer's governing body, that could have been an incredible, incredible situation if it came to fruition. But, alas, it is not. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows from here on out every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to get through the playoffs, and it takes everything to capture a title. Goodyear, more driven. Sports world reacting in kind to the verdict yesterday, to the story the world is talking about. And obviously, we're going to be talking about it with everyone we bring on, including the Super Bowl champion, Ryan Clark. As I mentioned, we'll talk a little bit about what the Steelers might do with the 24th pick. Football-related matters here in just a matter of moments, but matters call for a priority here. Ryan, good morning. Just want to get your thoughts on what you saw and what you heard from the 12 men and women who spoke loudly without saying a word but it was rendered the word by the judge, guilty, guilty, guilty. Well, I, I, think, I don't think necessarily believe this is a time to celebrate. I, I do believe that justice was served. And I think it's very telling that with justice being served, with the right thing being done by 12 jurors, you have such polarizing opposites of the way people feel about this case. I think to many, to many on the side of George Floyd, to many that opposed Derek Chauvin, you thought that this was easy. Uh, We all got an opportunity to see the tape. If you followed 
the court trial, you got an opportunity to hear the evidence, both circumstantial and non-circumstantial. And you say to yourself, this should be a slam dunk. Uh, but yesterday I found my stomach in knots. Yesterday I was extremely nervous. And even after hearing guilty, 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 when the judge went juror by juror to ask if that was the way they had voted, I still was tied up in knots because I just couldn't believe it. And so for African-Americans who in 1955 had to sit through Emmett Till through 1992, had to sit through Rodney King, and then there's Jacob Blake's uh, shooter. He's now back at work. Breonna Taylor, those officers acquitted. Even Trayvon Mark Martin and George Zimmerman, when you go through all of those things, you sit in a place where you don't feel that justice will be on our side, that the burden of proof in order to say that a black life is valued and someone else took it, and by them taking it, it's murder, it's never on the side of right. And so to have a chance to look at your kids and to look at your wife and to be able to say that at least today there were 12 Americans that decided to value a black life, that decided to make a decision that was just, I thought that uh, was an amazing accomplishment for our country, not just black people, for our country, but it's just the start. It's, it's not the ending. It's not where we need to be, but at least for a day, justice was served. Absolutely, absolutely, Ryan. You said it best. Um, when you look at, from a football standpoint, the 49ers are mm -hmm. sitting at the third spot right now, moved up from 12. If you had a call with Shanahan and John Lynch and they asked you your opinion on what quarterback they should select at three, what would you say? I would say take Justin Fields. And you know what, Keith? Throughout this process, I've been made to feel stupid. Every time I hear a report about Mac Jones being a perfect fit and all these amazing things that Mac Jones can do, I'm like, dang, man, am I watching the wrong film? I mean, did, did, did Justin Fields in 2019 not account for 50 regular season touchdowns with only one interception? I mean, is the kid not 6'3", 220 pounds, a 4'4 guy, a guy that if I'm a linebacker, key, or if I'm a strong safety and I'm curl flat and cover three and you've now run a bootleg with him and George Kittle, I feel like I'm in the pickle. And so when you make a move to number three, Key, you don't make that move saying, you know what, there are three guys there that could fit. This is the best fit. No, you say there are three guys there who won't be picked. This is the greatest talent. This is the best player. This is the player with the highest ceiling that can win us a Super Bowl. And that's Justin Fields. That's not Mac Jones. No. If you're going to give Mac Jones a first-round running back and a first-round wide receiver that nobody can cover in Jalen Waddle, another first-round wide receiver that win, wins the Belitnikov and Devontae Smith, and if J.C. Horn or if, 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 if we have Jalen Ramsey that's not going to play, and you have all these guys that can get wide butt booted, butt booted naked wide open and he could throw to them or you could throw 26% screens, then draft Mac Jones. But if you want to be the best you can be, Kyle Shanahan, Take Justin Fields, don't make this too hard, and go win your Super Bowl and have your quarterback for the next decade and a half. Ryan, the Steelers gave Mike Tomlin an extension. They brought Big Ben back. What's the next big move? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the next big move is to get some – some protection. Uh, you can look at a guy like Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma. It seems like that's around the place that he'll be going. Because if you watch the film last year, Key, I, I admit, 
they don't have a stellar running back. They don't have a running back that pops off the page, but they more so had an offensive line problem. They had a problem with inverting the line of scrimmage with running backs getting hit too early too often. And they need to be able to establish some physicality up front. They also need to be able to protect whatever quarterback it is that will be playing once Big Ben leaves. And then I believe after that, that's when you can start to look for running backs. Because you draft a running back in the first round key, if that dude is special, if that dude is transcendent, I believe Najee Harris is really good and will be a really good pro. I believe Travis Etienne is really good and will be a really good pro. But I believe the offensive lineman is the greatest value there in the first round for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. We'll wait to see what happens with the Steelers. They will pick 24th overall. You can see Ryan on Get Up coming up, top of the hour on ESPN. Ryan, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Same to you. On the way, fill in the blank. We'll be talking about the quarterback that will turn out to be the best in the 2021 NFL draft. If Ryan stuck around for the segment, he would not say fill in the blank Mac Jones. I think that's pretty obvious. So who will Key and Alyssa go what? with? What, what do you got? No, no, go. I'll, I'll talk to you in a break about it. Okay. Uh, after Key has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Hey, it's Greeny, and Wednesday we continue bearing down on the NFL Draft. My man Ryan Clark will be among my guests. Don't miss it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com.
typically the most self-explanatory game we do. We have a sentence, and Alyssa, Key, and I will fill in the blank with the answer. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including the NBA's best insider, who will be here in less than a half hour. Woj with the fallout about everybody in the NBA and their reaction to yesterday's verdict. All right, Deb, take it away. All right, speaking of the NBA, the NBA MVP right now is Key? It is Joel Embiid. Joel is the MVP. Alyssa, what do you got? Uh, I think it's the Joker right now. And he just had, what, 47 points, 15 boards the other night, and a double overtime win. I think he's making a case. I'll go with the Joker as well, especially if he can continue to produce without Jamal Murray. It'll strengthen his case. NBA play-in round is less than one month away. Ev? All right, Blank is the second greatest three-point shooter of all time. I, I, you know what? I'll go Clay Thompson because that's his most recent. I'll go Clay, even though Ray Allen can play in there, but I'm going to go Clay. Alyssa. I'm going Ray Allen as well. Uh, I know, well, you mentioned Ray Allen, but you went with Clay, which is wrong because Ray Allen oh. had 2,973 three pointers made, which is crazy, Ray Allen. No doubt. Tim Legler was on the show yesterday, said for an eight year span, no doubt the answer was Ray Allen. I'll go Clay to back up Mark Jackson's once crazy, but now obvious assertion that Clay and Steph would be the best shooting backcourt of all time. He was laughed out of the room when he said it. Who's laughing now? Alyssa, the Steelers having three head coaches since 1969 is? Impressive. I had to double-check that because I almost didn't believe it with the amount of coaching turnover that I feel like we see from season to season. That's impressive to me. Impressive and stable, right? Stability. Not dysfunctional. They're a very functional organization. I'll go apropos. This is obviously uh, Chuck Knoll. Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin. Those are the three. I'll That's say crazy. apropos. Yeah. I'll say apropos because they're a model organization. They're not the Pittsburgh Pirates key. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They have their owner's name on the Rooney rule, and they have been patient with head coaches, a term in sports that almost doesn't exist anymore. All right, Alyssa, stick with you first. Blank will be the best quarterback in the 2021 NFL draft. Well, I feel like the obvious answer is Trevor Lawrence, but if we're pushing him to the side and saying someone else, I like Zach Wilson out of BYU. He's athletic. He can throw on the run. He has that timing that you can't coach. And that NFL quarterback moxie, if you will. So I like Wilson. I would say Justin Fields would be the best guy in the 2021 draft because he'll go somewhere, sit for a little bit, not push to have to start and he'll continue to develop his skills, and he gives you a two-way goal. He can put it on the ground or put it in the air. I'll go Mac Jones because if I'm right, I'll be the only one, and I'll be able to say it forever. So it's a value pick. It's just worth going out on a limb because if I'm right, hey, it'll be remembered. If I'm wrong, it'll be remembered. See, I, I like I, the strategy. I would say something because every NFL player that actually – oh, never mind. Yeah, go ahead, Zubin. Right. I, I just like Zubin's strategy. Never mind, Zubin. Uh, Zubin, I'll start with you first. The Browns will be the blank best team in the AFC. Oh, in the AFC. I will go fourth. I'm going to go fourth. I got to put Kansas City, as Key said earlier this morning, in a class by themselves. Then I got to go Buffalo because they're on the cusp. They haven't shown it, but they're progressively getting better. And then I think I still got to go Baltimore. I know people are down on them. 
but I like the body of work, and I was even debating throwing Tennessee. Their defense is just too bad for me to put them ahead of the Browns. I will go four coming off their best season since returning to the NFL in 99. Yeah, I'll go four. Four. I mean, it's Kansas City by themselves. You know, then you could argue with me about Buffalo, New England. You know, you could argue what you want to flip-flop those. Baltimore, until they address the receiver position at a hefty level for me, then I, I got to put them behind Cleveland. I have them at fifth. Uh, all the names that are all the teams that Zubin just named, but with Tennessee just ahead. So I've got them in the fifth spot. The best rivalry in baseball right now is Zubin. You first. Got to go Yankees, Red Sox. I think we were talking earlier this week about how great the Dodgers and the Padres gave us a three game series over the weekend. They'll play four starting tomorrow, including the capper on ESPN Sunday night baseball. So you can get a taste of Tatis and Betts and all of that. But I think if you ask the casual baseball fan, the Dodgers and the Padres played last weekend. What happened? I think people would be like, they played last weekend. Wait, they're playing this weekend. If that's the answer you're going to get from most people, there's no way I can put Dodgers Padres East Coast there. Bias. <laughs> you know, that's the E in ESPN. You know what that stands? They thought it was entertainment, but it's actually E for East Coast Bias. It's got to be Yankees Red Sox until further notice. Zubin, I have to disagree with you because I consider myself more of a college baseball fan and more of a casual MLB fan, and Dodgers-Padres so far for me has been some of the most exciting baseball to watch this season. It almost feels like, if you're putting it in movie terms, like Iron Man versus Captain America. Like, they're both so different, their pasts are so different, their makeup is so different, but they're so fun to watch, and you... Kind of can't choose a side unless you're a fan of one of those two teams. Well, I think this year it's certainly the Dodgers and the Padres, but historically you probably got to dive into the Sox as well as the Yankees, and that's kind of the way that I see it. But, you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, baby. And until the Padres overtake us, there's really no rivalry. Uh, key is thinking blue, as they say out there in L.A. Once again, series resumes tomorrow in Los Angeles. Sunday night baseball, Padres-Dodgers, it's your first taste Get a taste of that new budding NL West rivalry. Let's get back to the phone lines. Fernando's in Virginia. You're on ESPN Radio. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I first want to say uh, my condolences uh, to uh, my man, and uh, my prayers go out to you, Keyshawn, and your family. Appreciate it. And Zubin, I'm so glad to have you back, man, because I missed you, dog. I didn't even know something had happened to you. I was like, what's going on? But I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, and you guys might think I'm a little crazy here. But I say get rid of Zeke because I got Pollard. Let me get a let me get a trade with Baltimore for for one of their corners or their safeties. Um, draft that offensive tackle because we had our offensive line to me is not any good like it was when uh, Dak first came and and played. I think that because of that offensive line is why he was so good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's crazy at all. Listen, I think when you if if you wanted to move Zeke because Pollard's back there, but the problem is the contract. You're probably not going to be able to move Zeke for the contract. And if Baltimore is looking f- to upgrade the running back position, then Zeke probably could fit in replacing Ingram. But for them to give up one of their staples at the corner spot, I mean, what they what are they going to offer you, Jimmy Smith? I mean, they're not going to they're not giving up the dudes that make up that secondary. 
Yeah, I'm not sure that that marriage works out. But when you look at the Cowboys, I mean, it is what it is. We talked about running backs a little bit earlier in the show. Zeke being up there, similar conversations that Carolina and fans were having about Christian McCaffrey and potentially using him as a trading piece. So if I'm Dallas, I want to see them do everything to protect Dak right now. Great to have Alyssa here for the hour. Back with Chris Candy at the top of the hour.